Musical Theater Writer Guy is recorded as a YouTube channel series on Muncie Lenape and Canarsie lands. The audio from each episode is also released here in podcast form. To watch or to learn more, please find us on YouTube or through my website at michaelraddy.com. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-R-A-D-I dot com. Enjoy the show! Which leads us to pacing. A few key concepts, character establishment song, the inner mechanics of a musical, what we call an emotional arc. Hey everybody, I'm Michael Ratty, aka Musical Theater Writer Guy. Musical Theater Writer Guy. That's me. Welcome to my channel where I talk about everything musical theater from a writing perspective. I upload videos every other Friday, so make sure to subscribe and hit that notification bell to never miss an episode. As a performer, composer, lyricist, librettist, musical director, and vocal coach, I believe that understanding effective musical theater writing can help all kinds of theater makers to create high quality art and entertainment. Whether you're a performer, a writer, a producer, an actor, designer, stagehand, audience member, a professional artist aspiring, or you simply love the theater. My goal is to present you with information that will help to enhance your theatrical experiences and help to bolster your enjoyment of the theater. Last time, in part one of this mini-series, we talked about the two most common storytelling structures, the three-act and the five-act structures. We defined what a structural act is and how they help us to focus the storytelling. If you have not yet checked out that episode, you can pause and do so now. Today we'll be talking about how those structures translate to the inner mechanics of a musical, as well as how these ideas can apply to all types of stories. As per usual, I will be looking at all this information through a musical theater lens, but they are applicable to all different types of storytelling media. Well, we all just stood up again to let that one almost late person to their seat that's directly in the middle of the row, so I think it's time to get the show started. So. How does all that information that we talked about last time translate into the nitty-gritty of the mechanics of storytelling? Well, there are a few key concepts that all work together which we should discuss. Character journeys, song placement, emotional arc, and pacing. Let's begin with character journeys. As we mentioned last time, the beginning of a show is heavily filled with exposition, or the information that we need to know in order to be able to follow the story, such as the world, the time, the place, etc. This is also where we clearly establish who the protagonist is and what story we're going to be following, but it isn't just about the protagonist. In any story, there are multiple characters that are of particular importance to the journey, uh, friends, allies, rivals, and of course the main antagonist. Act one of either the three-act or the five-act structure is where we establish all of these characters as individual people within the world with their own desires. We usually do this by giving each of them their own 
character establishment song. This could also sometimes be referred to as an I want song or an I am song. This is where characters like Elphaba saying the wizard and I or Mary Poppins sings practically perfect or Tevia sings if I were a rich man. We need to learn important information about all of the main characters up front so we can begin to see what journey is being laid out in front of us. Then after the main characters have been established, we can move on to the second structural act and the first leg of the actual journey of the piece. Here we will watch as the main characters and their desires begin to conflict and interact as we watch the protagonists begin to move forward on their journey. But also, this act is where we get to meet the characters who are part of our subplots, or B-plots, if there are any. And in musicals, there usually are. So, who would these characters be? Well, they're often referred to as side characters, but they are usually the comic relief or the romantic subplot they often come in duos. So you've got the Tenardiers in Les Mis, or you've got Nathan and Adelaide in Guys and Dolls. In this act, we establish these characters and their desires, which are related somehow to the main story, but will remain separate throughout the show. Being able to move back and forth between the main characters and the side characters really helps establish the pacing of the show. Well, that is until the end of the story. The protagonist and the antagonist have their big, climactic, final, dramatic moments, and then in the denouement, that's where we get the endings for the side characters as well. Now, we've already mentioned character establishment songs and their use in the structural act one, but what about other types of songs and their placement? What are standard song placements? Well, Clearly, we begin a show with an opening number of some sort. Now, these can be prologues or big dance numbers or musical scenes, something that's going to set up the world and also the tone of the piece. The remainder of Act 1 songs are usually just the character establishment songs for the main characters. Now, between structural acts is where we usually get one of two different types of songs, either a charm song or a comedy song. Now, charm songs are generally sung by side characters and they somehow strike at the main message of the show. In fact, they're often the title song of the show, but not always. These songs are a lovely palate cleanser between the more action-driven moments of the story, giving the audience a chance to breathe a little bit before the next leg of the journey. Comedy songs do a lot of the same work as charm songs, but with the more obvious goal of trying to make the audience laugh aloud. We already mentioned that in the structural act two, this is where we get the character establishment songs for our side characters, the B-plot characters. But this is also where a lot of musical moments take place that are plot-driven. A lot of montages take place here, and it's also where we get moments like the almost in love songs. There's a lot of flexibility in the song type and the placement leading up to the moments just before intermission, which is where we get those awesome act one finales that I talked about last time. After intermission, we usually get some sort of charm song or a light group number of some variety. Usually there's not too much information that's new that comes about from these songs as everyone's settling back into the story. The show's third act is primarily filled with lots of plot and dramatic moments, which lead us to the climactic solo numbers and the other musical moments in the act. However, there's also often some sort of comedy song in the middle of this act, or if we're talking about the five-act structure, 
structure, this would take place between Acts 4 and 5. This helps cleanse the audience palate one more time before the big climactic moments of the story. An iconic example of this is Officer Krupke in West Side Story. Ding, it's so good, guys, right? It's so good. And then we, of course, have the big 11 o'clock number, the climactic solo moment for the protagonist at the end of the show, which then brings us to the finale number where we tie everything back up together and either end with joy and love and marriages or something or tragedies. Quick side note, I know a lot of you will be very curious to hear more about the different kinds of songs that are categorized for musicals on the whole, and I will be doing an entire series about this down the line. But for now, we're just talking about the songs that are the most common in our song placements throughout musical journeys. Now, I do hear some of you muttering the questions of, well, what if it's not a typical book musical with a linear structure? Or what if it's a concept musical like a chorus line? Or something that doesn't adhere to the normal structural ideas? These are good questions. If you look at non-linear musicals, plays, movies, books, etc., you will see a lot of these same markers that we already talked about included in the same places. Early on, the world and the characters are established, and then there's development and other characters and other plots, and there's goals to be sought after, struggles, obstacles, and everything leads up to a big climactic ending moment somehow. Whether or not we're following one protagonist and their journey, these elements emerge and they hold true, creating what we call an emotional arc. If you look at what we discussed with character journeys and song placement so far, you'll see a clear pattern emerge. Give us information, take us on a ride, sprinkle in some moments of breath or relief, build us up to something, get us there, and then have some sort of conclusion. Structural acts and song placement do a lot of this work for the writers, but it's always important to keep in mind how the audience might be feeling throughout the show at any given time. We never want to exhaust them with so much plot and so much information that we lose their attention completely, nor do we want to deliver so much unrelated fluff that we are totally off base from the story and then they don't know where they are and they lose interest. Which leads us to pacing. When we pace ourselves in any activity, it's to make sure that we maintain the necessary endurance to get us to our goals. In musicals, it's exactly the same. We are with the protagonist as they go along on their journey and Sometimes we need a breather or a break. Perhaps this is a little time with a B-plot, or perhaps it's a comedy song thrown into the middle of a structural act. Pacing exists so that we can all make it to the finish line together, just as invested in the story and the characters as we were at the beginning. Musicals and all stories are very complex, with lots of inner mechanics and moving parts. Structure and structural elements are there to help us keep track of where we are, where we're going, and how we're going to get there without leaving anyone behind, confused, or exhausted. It's what makes the story a true journey, yes for the characters, but also for us. So. Next time, we will conclude this miniseries with one more major idea that might help us recognize the signposts of story structure and help us to create the best art that we can. So stay tuned.
Alright fellow cast members, now it's time to hear your thoughts. If you liked this video and are interested in hearing more, make sure to hit that like button and, more importantly, leave a comment below. Let me know what you thought about today's topic. Did I leave anything out? Was it helpful or confusing? The theater is a community and this channel is meant to be an extension of that community, so I really do want to hear from you. And if you're interested in becoming a part of our Patreon community with more information and more access, click the link in the description below, knowing that I could not do all that I do without you and your support. The next episode will arrive in two weeks, but in the meantime, you can check out some of my other episodes here. Thank you all for being here with me today, and I'll see you again soon. Cheers! Thank you for listening to Musical Theater Writer Guy, available wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to rate and review this show as it really helps others to discover what you already know. And please do share this show far and wide so we may all become an even closer musical theater community.